Chase, don't do that. Welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. We are here on episode 19 now to discuss the 1989 film, The Burbs, uh, starring Tom Hanks, uh, Bruce Stern, Carrie Fisher in a smaller role, and a handful of others, directed by the, some would say legendary, Joe Dante. Um, you got myself, uh, Jim G-Baby. VG. That means a baby gangster. Joined with me as always is the <laughs> usual suspect, Steve. How are you, friend? Yo, doing good, Jim. How are you? Proud. That's you. You're such a douche. <laughs> oh I'm god. Doing what? How how are so things? Proud of yourself. Things are good. Things are hot. <laughs> Dude, I felt like gloating so bad. I was wondering if I should hold it back, but today I think the high was like 69. Nice. And uh, wow. it was like the humidity actually behaved, so it felt fucking great. And it was overcast like all day. Well, not to one-up you, but uh, not on, not only is it over 100 here today, but it's also smoky, so... Ah, oh, fuck. We got a pretty good thing going on here. <laughs> I was just reading the news, and it's like, California's next threat, mega floods. <laughs> it's like, dude. Yeah. Just taking it in the shorts. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, there was like a, a huge, huge fire out here. And finally, the seasons were changing and a, a big storm was coming in. So there was like a, a general sense of relief, like, oh, thank God, you know, this is going to help out. But of course, the news is like, you know, the storm isn't all all good. It's going to cause acid rain. Like, thank you, Jesus Christ. Can we just please, in, you know, celebrate the, the rain coming in? It's like, well, you know, you're, you're fucked this yeah. way, too. Can I have anything? I mean, not not to pile onto that but i mean acid rain that's fucking the least of your worries at that point but it's actually i you know this too but it's it's just it can it can be just as fucked like very soon after a fire because it fucking drags all the burn scars and all the fucking loose sediment and shit and that that could be an issue but people that have to experience and live in that some flash yeah, floods that's not what you're thinking about though you're thinking like thank god yeah yeah because there's a fucking Right. And it was like if if the rain had only come like two weeks earlier than it ended up coming, maybe that wouldn't have happened or it wouldn't have been as bad, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, on the bright side, there's probably not much left of California to burn. (laughs) So uh, we we should we should be good pretty soon. Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, uh. Yeah, let's get into the the main event here is the Burbs. I can't believe you've never have you ever heard I guess I didn't ask. Have you ever heard of this or did you know about this and you're just like, "Yeah, it's not for me. It looks stupid." I mean, I had I had heard the name of it. I had no idea Tom Hanks was in it. I had no idea it was like a horror type whatever movie. All I know is I had heard the name of it and that's it. 
Yeah, I wouldn't call this a straight horror. This is like horror adjacent or a horror comedy, light horror. But I remember always seeing the case, like the VHS in like the, because uh, this came out in 89 when I was four. So like when I got a little bit older, even when I was like six or seven, I'd walk by. The case kind of looks menacing, slightly menacing. It's like Tom Hanks with holding like a, a spatula and a hose like suburban dad but in the background there's like these clouds that are like super intense and it looks kind of like a creepy suburban you know so i was it kind of it weirded me out um so i didn't watch it until later in life probably late teens or so they used to play it on hmm. the super yeah, station all the time and like so that's how i so uh when I told when I told the missus I was gonna be watching this one, she I don't know if I told you she used to work in a video store also, and she said that this was one of her like go tos to just kind of put on in the background to just oh, have yeah. running. I can see that for sure. Yeah, I must have missed that like one of those details along the years. I didn't know she worked at a movie place. It might not have it might not have come up. It was a long time ago. This is like during high school. Like she, it was a high school job. Mm-hmm. And I imagine mm-hmm. where she came from, That's it was probably like a smaller, it wasn't like a blockbuster or a Holly, Hollywood, it was like a video time with a YM. It's very close to that, but what's <laughs> funny is, it's it's kind of a small town, and I didn't realize until we were talking about it the other day that this was during the uh, the boom of video rental, that in her small little town, there were three separate video stores all within, you know, a quarter mile of each other, which is just mm-hmm. insane now, like to yeah. think about now. <laughs> yeah, I think they had a documentary about the last blockbuster up in Bend, Oregon, that had been open for like, I think it finally closed down. But yeah, that shit was like not that long ago. That was like the place to be, like on a fucking Friday night or Saturday night sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was definitely a unique exercise in sort of delayed gratification because I remember when there would be like a new movie that would come out and they would be like ten wide oh, yeah. by six yep. rows tall and you had to search you had to search behind the display because they were they were all display boxes but it could have been completely rented out and then you find like the one at the very bottom tucked in the back mm-hmm. like that was um, it's different I mean. Not to sound like too much of an old man, but it's just weird that people won't have that experience anymore. Or like going to the front, like, has anybody returned it yeah, yet? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not, I, I, I agree, it's kind of an old man thing, but it's not like a, like a source of disdain for me. Like, I had to walk 25 miles in the snow. I mean, it's just entertainment, but uh, it is, it is mm-hmm. to me, it's just interesting how different like being able to get your fucking hands on virtually anything you want. If you had like, you know, pirating shit aside, like you can find pretty much anything mm-hmm. you want and really people pirate stuff now for like really obscure, like out of print or director's cut that aren't on a streaming platform. But anyway, yeah, I worked at a video store in high school too. And dude, there, I remember some nights it was like people were all the way to the back of the store or like snaked around like half the store. <laughs> like it was fucking tense, man. Like it was like the same as like, if you were like, 
like in a restaurant in like the back, you know, and it was like dinner rush, you know, like people want their fucking movies. And if you don't have it and then you got to hit them with late fees too, while they're trying to get the fuck out of there and there's 30 people in line, dude, people are not, I can just, I can just see you boiling over. Yeah. I handled it as about as best as you would expect. Um, was it, was it better or worse than the time you tried to fight a dad in front of his family during a rec league basketball game? <laughs> hey, man, he got in my face. He slipped me. Well, I don't even think that's true because I don't think you had your glasses on. So you were doing that like mole face, like you just turned and like shoved this guy. <laughs> no, I don't. That's the way uh, I choose okay. to remember it anyway. In the gym of like four people who just happened to be watching, like whoa! <laughs> it was a, that was awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, <sighs> so this is a <laughs> so this is a first time watch for you, um, and you weren't really familiar. You didn't know anything about the plot going into it, really. No, okay. nothing. So, what's your instant take? What's your what do you think of this flick? So every other movie that we've watched up until this, whether it was through like a streaming service that we pay for like Netflix or Amazon or just through like those free ones, I haven't had to pay for <laughs> any of them. This one I had to pay two, $2 for and it was the worst $2 <laughs> I've ever spent in my life. Old <laughs> statement. I've spent too long for yeah, a lot of things. I thought it was horrible. I wanted to fall asleep and die or turn it off or just get struck and taken by the Lord. <sighs> yeah. Damn. And it, 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 while I was watching it, I was, I was trying to think of like, cause there's not a, a ton of movies that I watch and really dislike. <laughs> um, but one that popped into my head when I was watching this, which you'll love the connection is Joe versus the volcano. I tried watching that because that's like one of the old lady's nostalgic childhood movies. And I made it maybe like half an hour and I was like, this is so <laughs> fucking horrible. We have to Damn. turn this off. Yeah, if I would have known that you didn't like Joe versus the Volcano, I probably wouldn't have incorporated this one into uh, this goofball ass <laughs> movie. <laughs> I always want it's like, oh, huh, it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's not funny. It's supposed to be a horror movie, but it's not scary. It's just the worst of everything put together. <laughs> I I stack this up with, like, I feel like if you like, uh, if you like uh, shit like Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead, uh, you would like. I've, ne- I've never seen it, that. That one's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I remember... I remember Drop Dead Fred was popular when I was a kid, and I I remember watching that like this is fucking awful. That's one of my wife's comfort movies. She loves that movie. Really? I remember watching it when I was younger. I mean, and I, there was like a phase where it was like the most popular thing, and then I completely forgot about it for twenty years, thirty years. I mean, I like dumb shit. Don't get me wrong, and I I fully admit that some of the stuff that I like is dumb, but I think it's just a matter of when it. It, like imprints on your brain that can have a big part of it just nostalgia wise yeah. or oh absolutely association 
There's tons of terrible but, stuff yeah. that oh I only God. like for that reason. And if I hadn't had a connection to it, I would probably think it's garbage or boring. So, um, yeah. yeah, longest hundred minutes of my day. That's for sure. <laughs> it, is, it is kind of a kooky movie, and it it's it's pretty different. Um, kind of its own thing, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, that being said, there were there were things about it I liked. Like I liked a lot of the characters, you know, like the Vietnam vet and crazy neighbor. He was he was the highlight. Crazy neighbor. The, uh, Art. Yeah. Yeah. Art's yeah. Well, wait. Wait. Art's Art the was... fat guy that loves to eat, and that's right. And, yeah. He was he was awesome yeah. too. Rum and the whole time is the military guy. Yeah. Uh, and the whole time art, it was driving me nuts what I knew him from. And can you guess what it was that I knew him from? Yeah. 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 That's like, he's got a familiar looking face, but when I look him up, he's really hadn't been in that much, which I was pretty surprised. Yeah. He reminds me. He kind of reminds me of, what were you going to say? I was going to say John Candy. I was going to say he gives me that kind of vibe <laughs> and not just cause he's fucking fat. I'm fat. So I can say it. Is he Canadian? I should have looked that up cause I got like a Canadian vibe from him, but, uh, yes. uh, he kind of reminds me of, Oh, he is yes. Canadian. Nice. Isn't that fun? Let's see. Oh, Saskatchewan. He has, um, he has like one or two moments he where he lets his Canadian slip. Like I can hear it. Yeah, there was, I can't remember what the word was, but I think he said like against or something at one point. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. there it is. Um, he reminds me of, do you know Tim Dillon? He's a comedian. Yes, I can totally see that too. <laughs> yeah. He's like a cheese ball, non-blue version of Tim Dillon. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I, and also I've got, I've got to say, I I don't like wish death on very many people, but I was looking up Corey Feldman on IMDb. Like, please God, let him be no, dead. No. Cause I, I wasn't quite sure. He's definitely one of those guys where you could tell me like, Oh no, he's been dead since 2014. And, and you would believe yeah. it still kicking. I hate that guy. Really? Why? Yeah. Cause he's awful. I hate everything he's ever done except maybe Goonies. Yeah. But he's pretty, He's just—he's. I like him a lot in Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah. I probably haven't seen that in twenty, twenty-ish years. He's, but he's good in that. I he's good in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I think it's four that he's in as a small child. I think this is pre Goonies, but yeah, I know he's uh, he's a pretty inflammatory character. Yes, I would love to see him inflamed. Bold. Um, <laughs> okay, so getting into this, this is basically uh, that sucks. You didn't like it. Uh, there are a couple funny parts I want to touch <laughs> on. I'm curious what you thought of them, but uh, so this is like. So I, I started I like to look up some chart. trivia. Yeah, go. I was just going to say, I started to look up trivia, but then just got so angry because I didn't care at all that I, I read like two or three little snippets and was like, fuck it. We, 
I'm not doing this. <laughs> but but one of the little pieces of tr- of trivia included my favorite little tiny part of the movie. So I want to see if you if you t- hit on that at some point. Okay. But yeah, you were talking about the zooming in part at the beginning. The artistic phrase that pays. Yeah, I don't have it physically written down this time, but that's uh, fine. I, we'll see if we'll see if you can sniff it out like a truffle pig. <laughs> I didn't. I don't have. I'm not armed with a colloquial cornerism uh, this week either, dude. It's weird, man. Like I'm getting older, not that old, but enough to where I'm like. Like my memory, I can feel it slipping a little bit because I had this. I was like, "Oh yes, colloquial corner, perfect," and I didn't fucking make a note of it. And then today, I was like, "Fuck, what was it? Couldn't couldn't remember it for the life of me." Like, I sat there trying to think specifically for like twenty minutes. So maybe it'll come to me, but either way. Um, so yeah, the beginning of this flick, uh, I, I like the uh, like the Universal logo and like panning right into the neighborhood of the burbs um and it base it follows mainly tom hanks character of ray who uh has the week off and he just wants to do like a staycation thing and uh, kind of fart around the house he looks pretty miserable um and then that there's yeah i can understand i can understand <laughs> why <laughs> uh he his neighbor my favorite part of this movie is is art his neighbor he's like the stereotypical like invites himself over zero boundaries like a person you should really hate but in this in this film i liked him a lot um just because it seemed like and it'll come up in the trivia later too but it seemed like he was just trying to like push tom hanks buttons like as a character and as an actor, like a human being. And there may be some truth to that, but, um, and then there's another character, uh, Rumsfeld, who we touched on. He's like the, the stereotypical army dude. He's out front raising the flag every day. And he's still, he, his, uh, all of his clothing comes from military surplus. And he's got like this hot wife. Who's like, 20 years younger than him that everyone including the neighbor the main shithead neighbor kid Corey feldman uh oogles and then there's uh walter who is like this old dude that lives by himself and has a little doggy that so the hot wife stay. yeah i swear at some point she referred to him as like uh what what's his Rumsfeld? Yeah, but his first name is Mark. I swear, at some point she referred to him as Uncle Mark. So, are we sure it's not her? His like niece? No, I think that's his wife. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I missed that Uncle Mark thing. I don't know. Um. Yeah, and I I did not really even care to check into it but yeah because i was like this is a uh, a serious mismatch yeah totally um so there's a and so that's that these are the main cast of characters in this this cul-de-sac uh in suburban it looks like it's there's conflict people say it's in iowa some people say it's in illinois you know it's funny when from the very beginning because i i I wasn't sure exactly when this movie came out, 89. 
so that that opening that opening scene when it, they start zooming in and it's like showing the neighborhood i was kind of trying to guess to myself roughly what time frame this mm-hmm. came about and i ju- i just kept thinking like dude this has like a serious edward scissorhands kind of vibe yeah. to it and it, it's like a year, it's like a year apart i guess maybe it's just like the film quality or who knows if they filmed it similar location or whatever but yeah it was I was pleasantly surprised when I looked it up, and that was ninety, and this was eighty-nine. Yeah, I can, I can totally. God, what a much better movie! <laughs> One could argue. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. I, I definitely, I pick up on some Scissorhands vibes too. It's got the, it's got the soundtrack is kind of like, like it's, and it's got that weird kind of funky. Uh, not a full-on caricature, but like a half a caricature of a suburban U.S. kooky yeah. characters, you know? Um, I mean, because there's shit that, like, totally, like, it, it drifts into, like, parody mode almost in a, in a couple scenes. One of, one of my favorites, actually, is at the very beginning when Tom Hanks, who is Ray, when he steps out of his house in his robe, he hears a bunch of weird shit. So this centers on uh, these kooky motherfuckers that seem really creepy that move in at the end of this cul-de-sac. And it's like this decrepit, like, Halloween, like, haunted house kind of looking uh, dilapidated suburban home. It's like- it's like the Munster's house right. or something. And like their lawn's all unkempt. It's all fucked up. And you can see clear like lines of delineation, like green grass. And it turns into like fucking leaves and dead grass and dirt, you know? Um, so they move in and they, they have weird goings on and no one sees them come in or out. And they have this weird, like in their basement, which is barred off with iron bars. There's a bunch of shit going on and like a bunch of loud explosions and electricity humming. Uh, so, all these these uh, suburbanites here, this uh, rogues gallery, is like you know it's the new buzz on the street, you know. So they're like looking into what's going on. But my favorite part, one of my favorite parts, is when <laughs> Tom Hanks takes one foot over that line of demarcation from like his nice green grass, and he takes one step into the clopex, into like this dingy. It's like it looks like cemetery, like like dead grass leaves and all of a sudden like wind kicks up like a 20 mile an hour wind and he and it starts hitting him in the face and like and he's like oh what the fuck's going on and it's like this weird ominous kind of music and the wind howls and then he takes one step back into his you know nice green grass into his yard and it just stops instantly it's like right out of the gate they're hitting you with like oh this feels kind of like a parody like it's pretty tongue-in-cheek um so if you're on board with that, like right away, I think it'd, it'd be for you. If you're like, what? This seems kind of kooky. I don't know. I like that about it. Um, so yeah, so a bunch of weird shits going on, and uh, these uh, four dudes, three dudes, start looking into what the hell's going on at this spooky ass house with these uh, creepy people. Um, you didn't like that part? Did you do have we mentioned who plays the wife? Oh yeah, yet? Carrie Fisher plays Ray's wife, Tom Hanks' wife. Yeah, like a real Yeah, and, and when did Do you know off the top of your head when like Return of the Jedi came out? Like where this falls in I want to say Rich like how I think much Return for... of the Jedi was eighty three or eighty four. Okay. One, so not 
super, super long no. afterwards. Yeah, because number one was uh, 79, and then Empire Strikes Back came out in like 81, 82. Yeah, so Jedi came out. They all came okay. out like bang, 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 pretty much. So, yeah, this is about five years past, five or six years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I was just curious, and I forgot to check. Yeah, she's in it, but she's really underutilized. Like, she's hardly in it. Um, I guess. Yeah, you think she's she not would be, hardly in you it. You think she would be a, a big, but, a big star? Yeah, but the impact to the movie, I feel like, is wasted on her character. Or you could have just got someone like way less, way lower profile, um, not to have kind of that expectation. Like, oh shit, because at this time it's like. She's she's still got to be a big name. You know, this is Princess Leia, and she's like suburban house mom that's like kind of in the background for the most of it. But, um, yeah, I def- definitely think she's underutilized. Um, so, yeah, I guess the first thing that happens is they see this, this Amish Jedediah-looking motherfucker with red hair and like a, a Abraham Lincoln... Uh, beard come out and he he puts something that could be uh, mistaken for like body parts or something some kind of liquid and he's smashing it in the trash and they're watching and they're seeing what's going on and then um, it escalates into the part where like the next day uh, uh, they're like oh we're going to stake out the trash and then the trash guys come a little earlier or whatever and then they they haul off that trash and they make a big stink. They try to throw it on the ground and, and see what was in it. And then they go, and then they finally, they put the, uh, the screws to Ray cause he lives right next to the Clopex. He's like, they're like, you should go up there and say hi to him and start seeing what's going on with him. And then they go up and they knock at the door and their address is six, six, nine. And they take a knock at the door and that third nine rotates around and it's all six, six, six. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, the man up. you didn't like that oh that was fun and uh, art's foot goes through the floor like they go to knock and then uh there's like a or they go to the ring the buzzer and there's like a hole in the wall and it's bees and then the bees attack them and it's a whole thing so yeah from there it kind of unravels and like more hijinks ensue and it kind of like it escalates each kind of thing and they so they're like dead to rights that that this creepy family is doing some weird shit and then their neighbor walter who has little dog queenie who fun fact that little toy poodle queenie was the same dog that played uh precious in silence of the lambs yeah oh really remember God, because in my mind, and well, yeah, I, I remember. In my mind, they they looked like totally different dogs. Precious. <laughs> Was she like a big old fat person? <laughs> Mere precious. Yeah, well, I think in that movie, it's like malnourished looking, and it's like fucking brown and dingy. Probably, yeah, probably like ratty and like matted fur. Yeah, and this one, it's like it's it's uh walter who seems like he's pretty light in the shorts he's he's like got her all prim and proper and like you know all done up and she's like pure white like it's a fucking show dog dude she's got fucking papers (laughs) (laughs) sings pomeranian 
No, I'm not taking the fish. Can't she board it, Walter? Um, you can't board a fucking show dog, dude. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yeah, the uh, Walter with the dog, and then he goes missing. So then they're like, and yeah, then they find the dog. Yeah, these fuckers have something to do with his disappearance. And I guess too that big fat guy uh, Art, he's he kind of planted the seed too. Because I do you, do you like that little story when they're like kind of strolling along that one night with uh, Corey Feldman and he's telling the story of the old ice cream guy Skip, who's the ice pick killer. Yeah, yeah, I like that part a lot. Uh, he's so he's planted that kind of seed, and then I think probably tied for first or second favorite parts is uh what did you think of tom hanks's dream his nightmare did you like that part um man you are a tough fucking crowd (laughs) i mean not normally i i feel like but yeah i don't know (laughs) i couldn't I'm more unenthused about that part. That shit was, I thought it was good. A whole homage to Texas Chainsaw coming through. And then on that big ass fucking, that comically large grill getting ready to get cooked. And my, one of my favorite parts too is Art when he's dressed up like the fucking skip, like the ice cream ice pick killer. He's like, see, Ray, you uh-huh. see an ice pick around here? And he's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! That part gets me every time. I mean, I I liked a lot of I liked a lot of individual things about this movie, but as a whole, yeah. Is this yeah. just like there's nothing that could have saved this like better story, or it's just like the type of movie that it laid out like you just like no, this just isn't my my brand. No, I was I was willing to give it a shot for sure, and I was I was holding out hope because there there definitely have been times, even just movies we've watched where not really feeling it, but then it sort of wraps itself up and redeems itself, and it makes the sort of it, it sort of transforms my opinion of the whole thing based on how it sort of wraps everything up. This was kind of just a slog. And then it gets to the end. And then there's like a double twist at the end, which both times I was like, stupid. And then the second twist comes and it's like, even more fucking stupid. I always... Just waiting for this waiting for this nightmare to be over. <laughs> but towards, uh, towards the very end is where my favorite part of the movie comes in. Which we can either skip straight ahead to that, or we can keep doing this painful synopsis yeah i think you can skip to the end my favorite part is when uh the to because i think yours is after this but my favorite part is when they're in the background and this is another point of the movie where it's it's kind of jarring but i like they did it like when they um when art notices the the bone that ray's dog has digging up from the side yard that connects to the clopex these evil fuckers uh house and he digs it up and it's this big ass like 
Tyrannosaurus bone looking fucking thing. And he's like, Hey Ray, he's like, what kind of bone is this? He's like, no, this is a femur. Um, Ray, this is Walter. No! <laughs> that whole part of it, like zooms, like the camera does this rapid, like zoom in, zoom out. And they like, you know, they stretch that ah, whole part out. It doesn't really jive with the rest of the movie at fucking all besides like maybe that wind scene when he takes one step over the line and becomes windy like but i could see that being like jarring like it just doesn't it feels dicey but i liked it like just these little punctuated moments like that um so that was my favorite part so skip into the end uh where i'm trying to think let me see um shit I mean, they all go over there to meet the whole weird fucking family, and it's just like awkward. The wives, the wives, finally blows up and says, "Let's cut all this cute shit." Like, is it somewhere in there? Yeah. Oh no no no! I I was just trying to do a express version of getting us to the end. You can just skip to the end. But no, my favorite. Okay, yeah. If if you haven't seen it, don't. (laughs) If you have seen it, you already know. So. My my favorite part is like right at the very end where, or right towards the very end where uh, Tom Hanks comes out after getting blown up in the house, somehow not dying, and he's he's doing his little speech about how like we're the ones that are fucked up, yeah. they're fine, and he's and he's like I'm ready to go to hospital, and he like jumps on the stretcher and then he like gets up, picks it up and throws it yeah. in the back of the ambulance and just like dead what dead. Deadweight jumps on top of it. I don't know why. I love that so yeah, much. That part is good. And you know, that's like a like a like a little kid yeah. where he just like jumps on it. Like I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, it's funny. That's actually uh, he ad libbed that whole. Did you look into that? That was like the first or second piece of trivia I read, and then just gave up. But I, but yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Moving on. Yeah, I guess another, <laughs> another little piece of trivia, too, is uh, I guess most of the lines within uh, were like they had the general framework and kind of like the plot beats of where they wanted to go. But a lot, I guess there was like the first day of, of filming, there was a WGA, like write, Writing Guild of America or something strike. So I guess when that happens, like you can't like actively contribute to a film like with writing that's going to be then filmed and used and recited i from what i understand um so like professional writers that are a part of this guild um so they could still be credited if all their contributions up to that point of the strike were what were used so a lot of the individual lines were ad-libbed and that's where like the bulk of which, I mean, a lot of this is just art and uh, Ray talking. It's mostly their banner, I'd say. It's probably like 70% of this movie. And almost all of it was ad-libbed. So to the movie's detriment, or maybe that's what saved it from being even worse. I don't know. But that dude that played art, is uh, he came up as like a, a comedian by trade as uh, in Canada, like just like, got right into it like age 17 he like got kicked out of the house or ran away and like he started doing that and then he was just in a couple bit roles so i like his story of like how he 
uh, made his way into showbiz, but uh, very kind of hard scrabble kind of character. But yeah, most of this movie, like all the lines are just like ad libbed and like or th- thought up, you know, while they were doing the shoot. And they did everything sequentially in this film, so they shot beginning to end um, in sequence. So. Um, that's interesting. I did like a part with art at the end where they're like, your wife's home and there's a fucking ambulance that crashed through your house. And he's like, my wife's home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For him to be that way, that's funny too. Cause he's a real fucking piece of work, you know, in this film. So, um, yeah, yeah. You can only imagine. He, he definitely seems naturally like a funny person. So that, that doesn't surprise me that it was, and this was pretty early on for Tom Hanks, like before he got, a lot of notoriety, right? Like he had done a couple things, but yeah. And I, I was reading to it. Hadn't really broken out. Yeah. Yet. I think big, he won an award, either an Emmy or definitely not an Oscar, but I think he, he maybe won an Emmy or a golden globe, whichever one applies to film, I think, or he was nominated for one at least for a big. Oh, so this was after big. I think it was right around the same time. And because of the right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, there were, there was a little delay from okay. the two. I can't really pin down. He probably filmed them in sequence and then one came out before the other kind of thing. But at, at any rate, I think it was when this got released, the burbs, it had been a year since big came out and then he was getting the notoriety from big. Uh, okay. So yeah, while they were filming it, he was probably kind of right in that about to break out. Uh, area. Um, yeah. Yeah, because Big big, big was really yeah, good. Yeah, I love that flick. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked the end of th- that double twist you say you didn't really like. I remember watching it as at a younger age, thinking that was, like, cool, seeing the fucking trunk full of skeletons, you know, and, like, just, like, how it finally wrapped up, like, because the whole time you're like, oh, yeah, these people are fucking crooked. And they're like, there's something wrong. They're, they are super spooky. And then it kind of, it's just like, oh, what? They're not? And these guys are just fucking, you know, sticking their nose where it don't belong. And so I, I like the. Yeah. And then, and then they try to buy it back at the very end. Like, no, they are super spooky yeah. after all. Like, okay, well, fuck you. I guess that was an add on. There, there were some different. Uh, endings that they tried to film. Um, one of which involved like two dead, like high school cheerleaders in the back of a car. And then like a body just that had been cut up crudely in the back of the car. Uh, and then like an, a completely, I think, I think one of the endings that didn't test well was the first ending where it's just like, yeah, like this is just a a case study on these people letting their imaginations run wild and paranoia. And like, yeah, they they weren't up to anything and they caused all this mayhem by being fucking Lukey Lou's basically. I don't think it tested well. So then they added on later, they came back and filmed a portion, but. Yeah, this doesn't have the best reviews, but I think it's one of those. It's tied what? to nostalgia, and it's like a, it's considered a cult classic for sure. Um, I know a lot of people that love this flick. I I haven't really talked to many people that don't care for it, like to the level that you don't. So it's, it's a little <laughs> it's a little funky because at least people that I've talked to are like, oh yeah, burbs, whatever, you know. 
and there's some people like me who are like really like it and it's like a comfort thing and you can just kind of have it on and do something else and then there's a couple points that'll bring you back you know like ray falling off the fucking zap you know i mean i i would put it on i'd put it on the background if i was gonna like kill myself (laughs) or you know something like that but but i think that's probably about it don't do that (laughs) <laughs> maybe torture a runaway that I had kidnapped or an enemy <laughs> yeah that's, that's probably about it well the usual suspects Steve have spoketh the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he oh didn't my god <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah Look at you! Look how look how proud of yourself you are. All right. Well, that's been uh, the burbs. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, don't watch it. <laughs> um, if you and if you really like it for non nostalgia reasons, you're just lying to yourself, and I hope you can get help. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm praying for I, you. I obviously don't agree, um, but it's fine. Agree to disagree. Um, my bad at Nyberge is still super high, so I'm feeling confident. I can pick yeah, I some mean, winners. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody has to like everything. That's so. true. For sure. I'm just hoping to bring you to the other side of... Because I can never tell if you're just trolling or if it's, like, legit, but... Is Street Fighter, the film with Jean-Claude Van Damme, is it legitimately one of your top three or top five or your favorite movie of all time? Is that legit or are you going to still play the game? No, I'd have, I'd have to put it in a separate cat, like an honorable mention. One of my, like one of my favorite honorable mention movies. But uh, no, I mean, it. if we're going to be serious, it's not. <laughs> I don't hold it in in such high esteem as a great film, but no, I I do love that movie. That's for sure. I mean, how could it break the top three where Expendables 1, 2, and 3 are holding (laughs) fast? (laughs) Yeah, that's why I think you like like that kind of shit. You would love The Predator. The Predator films are, are pretty rad. Even the shitty ones are, have have merit, you know, like the, or the ones that people say are shitty, like AVP, like Alien versus Predator. There's some dope shit in those in those flicks, but the newest one, Prey, fucking badass. Yeah. It's like really fucking cool. Yeah, I'm definitely a sucker for like corny, just generic action movies, like you know, under siege or con yeah. air or, or stuff totally. like that. It gets, it gets a little, it gets a little dicey when it starts venturing into the sci-fi stuff, just cause I don't give a fuck. And I have this like aversion to that whole world, but that doesn't mean that I, I couldn't still enjoy it, but it, it just puts it kind of at a slight disadvantage versus, you know, the rock or something where it's just mindless <laughs> What in the name of Zeus's butthole? <laughs> I forget about that part every time, and every time it fucking just knocks me out. I love that. 
or when he gets his haircut, that whole sequence where he fucking flings him off the balcony, dude. Yeah. That movie is badass. It really is. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, I, I have some news. So yeah, that'll put a pin in burbs. I mean, other people have covered this. This has been covered a lot. It's like a, it's a comfort food. It's it for me. It's uh, definitely some nostalgia on it. But I like the, I like the characters and like the performance and like just the shit that they get into and um, yeah, it's a good kind of you can just turn your brain off. I, I almost wish I almost think I would enjoy the movie more if like the Tom Hanks and the neighbor roles were played by kids like because it kind of seems like something a kid would do like let's break into the Grady house and see what's going <laughs> you know but for adults it's like this isn't I mean I get this movie's fucking stupid and it's supposed to be but I feel like if it were kids it would make more sense like a Huck Finn type of thing you know like let's break in and see what's going on let's dig a bunch of holes in their backyard and and that won't have any negative consequences from these people that we think are murderers that we're just going to go break into their fucking house and not expect to be killed by yeah. them but yeah i think that's your problem this is your problem uh no i think you- <laughs> uh. no i just think you're putting too serious of glasses on it which is fine there's some movies where i do that no. too that's my opinion. There's, I mean, there's a there's a level of suspension of disbelief that's necessary that I'm fine with for sure. But just the overall goofball ass <laughs> level, it it we hit the rev limiter on this one, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't go back any further. And Corey Feldman, God damn it! Yeah, I can see that if you got a real aversion to a certain person too. Like I know there's there's people like that that I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to fucking even entertain that. So, well, I wish I had something to knock your ass out with. Knock your ass, ass out. Um, well, oh, hey. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> all right, so split decision. Um, if you, what, okay, what's your opinion of uh, Hard Target? Great film or the greatest I've film? I've never seen it. Yeah, this is one of your... I don't think I've seen Hard it. Hard Target is uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme playing like a French Cajun Bayou like assassin specialist that pals around with fucking Wolford Brimley explosions. He shoots a bow and arrow. I'm pretty sure on horseback. Um, yeah. Quit drilling, buddy. You already hit, you already hit oil. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Hard, hard. And target. he's got like a mean ass perm mullet. The entire wearing like denim button up shirts the whole time. Like hell yeah. yeah. Ooh, 93 prime. Oh shit. I didn't know John Woo directed that. That's nuts. Ooh, and there's a sequel from 2016. Of course there was. Do not watch that. Uh, um, yeah, that, oh, yeah, that one's that fucking out. awesome. Uh, I would say that that could even that could be a good flick to review. That would be a fun one to review. I feel like so put that one on your radar. Um, 
Oh, we can even talk. It looks like it's on we can Netflix. even talk about it next if you wanted to next show because I don't have anything lined up. Or did you see anything from those that Reddit fucking unsolved mystery rabbit hole? Yeah, there was almost too much yeah. that I. I I did like top level reading about a bunch of stuff like oh I'm gonna I should come back and read more into this because you know it's hard to get a a full idea from just a quick little blurb. Right. Yeah, you want to talk about truffles? There's yeah, some yeah, fucking truffles in there for sure. Yeah, there's an almost unlimited supply of crazy stories out there. Um. Okay. Well, I think that's gonna we'll decide on that later. So. TBD for next next episode, but that'll put a pin in uh, the old burbs there. Um, so I have some on a housekeeping kind of front. Uh, we did get a new comment on older, slightly older episode, episode 16 on when we did a fistful of dollars. I think there was a question in the episode where uh, I was... I was trying to come up with a name of another good uh, Clint Eastwood Western, and it was Pale Rider. I couldn't figure it out because I always, I always confused it with Pale Rider or not. Sorry, Easy Rider. With fucking, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, no, it's not that. I thought it was Pale something else, but anyway, yeah, Pale Rider is super dope with Eastwood. So it's uh, this person corrected me. It's from Mailbox Uno. Um, he said, yeah, it's Pale Rider. It's a pretty dark flick. One you must cover is High Plains Drifter. That's the one that I have seen for sure that was my intro to Eastwood um, Westerns. Uh, he says, I won't spoiler y'all, but you'll dig it. Uh, the must-see, though, is, the other must-see is The Outlaw Josie Wales. And that's one I've heard plenty of times, and I kick myself. I've never seen it. I've heard a lot of great things about that one too like that's up there with like uh what's his name which which sundance in the kenny which cassidy which cassidy and sundance Kid? um yeah i've heard it you know mentioned up there and with the with that level of western so um high plains drifter is fucking badass well, we could add probably all those to the list at some point in the future. Yeah, I'm down. We could do uh, we could do the Josie Wales if you want, or I guess we can just kind of check to see what's available where. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, anyway, thank you, uh, Mailbox Uno, for listening and appreciate the comment. Um, if you want to reach out, reach out to us about uh, the burbs and tell Steve why he is wrong uh, or anything else you want yeah, to do it. On, Please yeah. do. <laughs> uh, and I'll send I'll send you a link about getting your mental health evaluated. <laughs> Uh, you can do that at wax at waxingtheporpoise.com or on one of our socials. Instagram is waxing the porpoise and Twitter is at waxing the porp. Um, that'll do it for this episode. Anything else we got going on? That you want to talk nope. about? Nothing here. Gee, baby. Nope. Neither gangster, yes, baby. 
Yeah, what is that from? Dude, don't you remember? I used to say it. I used to quote it frequently. It's a super obscure part. If anyone's, if no one's seen this, check it out. It's uh, Beef from 2003. It's like a rap documentary about all the beefs from like 1979, starting with like Cool Modi and Busy B, all the way up to like, you know, present day at the time, like two, 2003, like Nelly and KRS-One, which is a wild ass beef to even think about. And, uh, you know, like East Coast, West Coast, they get into that, like Tupac and Biggie. And um, I think it's like 50 Cent in the Game they touch on. And yeah, but it goes through the eras. So it goes from like Cool Modi and like busy b which is like the original like 70s more kind of like pop rap before it started getting harder edged into like the 80s and krs1 and like the early 90s notorious big and then the west coast it goes into nwa and uh that's from that clip is the Shortly thereafter, shortly after NWA got big, they had that division because Easy E was fucking, he was fucking with everyone's money, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, and uh, so he split. Well, he got his. Yeah, didn't didn't work out for him, but, um, <laughs> old Eric. But yeah, he uh, when they split, he was talking mad shit about. Uh, Dr. Dre, which I guess in that thing, it's what is it called? It's like World Wrecking Crew or something that Dr. Dre was in, and he used to like put lipstick on and wear like red suits, like he was like Prince and shit. And then he and like, uh, what's his face? Easy E's like just mad dogging him hard about all that shit and like how he's like he came into nwa and he thinks he's gangster and all this shit. And he's like, he is not an OG, he is a BG. That's the baby gangster. <laughs> just that, that fucking line, dude. I love it every time because he looks so I, 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 do, I do remember you saying, like, oh, he's just a baby yeah. gangster. But the context, I could never, I never yeah, remember. It was easy fucking talking shit about Dr. Dre. <laughs> Because he always talks about, like, I'm an OG. I'm from Compton. He claims Compton and all this. He's like, he don't claim Compton. Yeah, Beef from 2003 is an excellent rap documentary from rap's origins to the present, which at the time was 2003. Fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, and also Prince sucks. Don't. So. Not in my house. Yeah, he's awful. Don't do it. My wife hates <laughs> Prince, too, so I bought my fucking son a purple shirt. She's right. <laughs> Oh yeah. God! Prince is awful. Go listen to Computer Blue. Bat dance. Get your mind right. All right. Bat dance. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, that that uh, I'm I'm super proud of myself because that uh, he just a BG. He's a baby gangster. I fucking fucked with the audio and I changed it around to be G baby gangster baby. G. Play it again? G. Baby. That means a gangster. Baby. Okay, that's why it sounds so fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it was so funny that I did that. All right. Oh, yeah. This is the original clip. OGs do nice. stuff back in the day. Dre is a BG. That means a baby gangster. <laughs> Every time. He a baby gangster. Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, <laughs> take care, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist.